In this episode, we talk all about the crazy crap that is Mormon missions. I also opened Pandora's box, expecting to just talk about missionary work and finding a whole heap of other offensive shit. Oh, really? Yeah. That's always a fun box to open. Always. (laughs) Want to open it with us? I always want to open your box, baby. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) We'll be right back. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's Golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. My name is Mary. My name is <laughs> Shelly. I did a little musical oh, today. I'm almost kind of boring. Oh. My name is Shelly. <laughs> Are you serenading me? No. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Huh? Okay. Uh, absolutely. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this episode's kind of wild. It sort of sprung out of a letter we received from a young guy heading into the MTC, the Mission Training Center, mm-hmm. and getting ready to go on his mission, and he was pretty much full-on panic. Yeah, panic mode, and he reached out to us, yeah. and we're going to read his letter, explain what happened from there, mm-hmm. and let you kind of know where he is now. Uh, we also have a guest to come on to tell a little bit about her experiences on her mission, mm-hmm. the PTSD sort of things. And I also was doing uh, some research. You know, we needed to get a he said what and a film pod. And There's the, a he said what and everything? Yeah. Oh. As I was looking for he said what, I was expecting to just find like a little thing and move on. But I came across this book that unfortunately I had purchased for my children, my boys, oh. a few years ago. Thank God they are not readers oh because they never read it. It's called Honoring the Priesthood as a Deacon, a Teacher, and a Priest. And this is uh, by John, by the way. By the way, John, by the way, sucks ass. John, by the way. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that. I want to talk about something else first. Oh, yeah. We have exciting news. I'm so pumped. Yeah. We are partnering with Marco Polo. We have talked about Marco Polo before on this program. In fact, remember Kimberly Anderson just sort of pitched it on that (laughs) one episode where Uh she was interviewing us. Yeah, because that's basically our only conversation is in Marco Polo. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, somebody said, oh, yeah, it's like Snapchat for old people. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Don't listen to those haters. I was maybe the one who said it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't listen to Shelly. 
I would suggest that it's a really awesome communication tool mm-hmm. for us and our listeners. Yeah, so this is how it happened. Marco Polo, the executives of Marco Polo, contacted us to help us pilot their new program. It's called Marco Polo Channels. Mm-hmm. And what it is, if any of you out there already use Marco Polo, awesome, this will make sense. If you haven't, then probably download the app. It's really cool. But what will happen is Mary and I will record Marco Polo messages, which is basically video and us talking. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like FaceTime, Yeah, but it's not a live conversation. Right. We record it, and mm-hmm. it's out there. And then the people in our channel, they can then see that video you know, at their leisure, whatever, and then they can record a video back either to us or to other people in the channel. So it's like a big text group uh-huh. with us. And other listeners of the podcast, but everything's video. So you get to see faces and see emotion and feel Mm -hmm, and talk. And mm -hmm. it's just one more way to connect. And it's an amazing way to connect. There's something, honestly, that I feel special about Marco Polo, how you get to see the faces and the reactions. And there's also not that pressure of it being live. Does that make sense? Right. But you can watch it as it's being recorded. Sure. We probably have over-explained it at this point, <laughs> um, but it's going to be amazing, and, and we're so excited. And the best part is that you can use macho voice. <laughs> Remember macho oh, that's voice? Right. We like that one a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so our plan for that is that we will send a message out, a polo, we call them. It's a video message. And we can just all talk about it. It's like we're just closer together. We have a sign-up going on yes. right now if you want to get on a waiting list. Our thought is that we would record a message every morning— Good morning. Let's be honest. I'll be recording more than that because I'm addicted to my phone. Well, that is true. (laughs) Um, I'm only going to commit to one a day. Okay. (laughs) I I promise you I'll I'll get a lot out there. You'll probably be like, can we just turn her off? Can you shut up? (laughs) But you know what's great is you don't actually have to listen to it. Yeah. For sure. But you you will if it's me. No, you can. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) We're still working it out, but it's going to be amazing. But what we need from you is your support in getting your name on the wait list and answering the, just a short handful of questions about how you would feel about this kind of thing. Yeah, this is This is brand new. We're launching this pilot, and it's yeah. badass. We're, we're going to figure it out as yeah. we go. We're going to shut up about this now. If you are interested, go to our website. We've got a special link, latterdaylesbian.org slash polo. Yeah. I love it. This is <laughs> I so love fun. It. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves it more? Raise your hand uh, if you love it more. Okay. Boom. Uh, Winning. <sighs> It's just that my hands were really comfortable in my hoodie pockets. I didn't want to disturb mm-hmm. them. <laughs> she was quicker on the draw, people. Yeah. Quicker on the draw. Okay, shall we move on to a foom Yes. Okay. And in the spirit of this being a missionary lesson, obviously we have to have a mission-related foom pod. By the way, there's a billion of them. Oh, yeah? Thank you to everyone who have been sending those in. The one that we decided to go with today is from... Jenny. Okay. Thank you, Jenny. Mm-hmm. You ready, Mary? I'm ready. Cute. Oh, God. <laughs> Cute music. It's the fucked up morning phrase of the day. Okay. Mary. Shelly. Today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is trunky. Trunky? Trunky. Well, all right. I've heard you say trunk or treat before in reference to Halloween. Is that related to this? <clears throat> I'm keep trying. Oh, easy. That's very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, but it was way off. So I just had to make sure you understood how way off you are. Wow. Don't question, don't question the volume of my buzzer. I feel buzzer. a little violated <laughs> from across That's the sexy. table. <laughs> easy. I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay, trunky. Trunky. Hmm. I can oh, use it in God. a sentence if you, if you oh, like. Oh, yeah, please do. 
that sister slash elder is getting trunky. <laughs> That's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> like they're putting people in the trunk. That's how desperate they are to baptize. Or like, if you won't agree, we're going to tie trunking you trunking your ass. We're going to put you in the trunk and take you to the church or some stupid bullshit. <laughs> um, Again, no. <laughs> Well, that's unfortunate that that's not the right answer because that's the answer I'm sticking with. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it's wrong. Okay, fine. I'm, if someone could please insert like a triple buzzer for your attitude uh, with your wrongness, that'd someone be Someone meaning me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's trunky, Okay, trunky. <clears throat> a missionary is nearing the end of their mission and getting close to packing their trunks, suitcases, <laughs> and going home. Usually said when missionaries are getting restless and not behaving like good missionaries because they have one foot out the door. Okay. So they're almost out, so they're like, fuck it. You're fucking, I don't want to do anything. That's <laughs> trunky. It's, it's a bad term. Like, oh, Elder So-and-so's getting trunky because he's leaving in a month, and so he's not working as hard. These expressions, seriously, there's so many. Oh, God. Can I just, here, here these are ones that I'm not even going to tell you what they are. But well, why don't gonna... you save them for another day when, if we need another foom pod? I'm just going to run through really quickly. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Pros, non-pros, golden investigator, greeny, trunky, mission genealogy, APZLs, DLs, STLs, prez, wow, pile, bucket, dark, white Bible. Wow is one of them? Mm-hmm. W-O-W. Yeah. World of Warcraft? <laughs> <laughs> I think Boar would go on their missions if it was. That's what that was. I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. That's a veritable shit ton mm-hmm. of uh, missionary foom pods. I think what I'm going to do now, I'm going to use that word trunky a lot. For example, like when I've been at work all day and I'm ready to go home, I'm going to text you and say, Mary, I'm just feeling real trunky. <laughs> you're going to pack your trunk and Well, I'm not going to pack work. my trunk and leave yet, but I'm just going to start <laughs> screwing around and not doing anything until the end of my uh well, Who uses the word trunk for suitcase anymore? I don't know. <laughs> We're going on a steamer trip around the world. I've got to pack my trunk. <laughs> I don't get it. You're right. It's very old. Everything about Mormonism seems very retro. It is. <laughs> no, no, don't call it retro. Retro makes it sound cool. That's true. They're trying to take something old-fashioned and kind of lame and outdated like trunk mm-hmm. and turn it into something cool by calling it trunky. Gosh, Mormons, <laughs> just stop. Stop trying just to be stop. cool. You're not cool. <laughs> You're not cool. Nothing cool about being a Mormon. Oh, my gosh. Okay, should we go ahead and do a he said what before we get into the letters? Yes. Okay. Before you get into it, do you want to do the sort of cue music for this? No, this is a three, two, one. We don't cue music on this. (laughs) I've learned now that he said what is not a cue music. The foom pod, the roast the troll. Um, okay. Those are all cue music. Pitch the pod if I ever record that. Yeah. Yeah. So should we do a three, two, one? Yes. Three, two, one, he said what? Yes. Ready? Yes. Three, two, one. He said what? That was too unison. You haven't cut me off yet. You always cut me off. Uh. No, that's on letters. <laughs> Damn it. I like the harmony better. Should we okay, do it again? you go high. No, leave it. You go high, I'll go low. Okay. Okay. This is all great. This is this is great <laughs> podcasting is material. It? Yeah, they're gonna love it. Okay, ready? Listeners, write in and tell us how great this <laughs> oh, uh-huh. segment is. Okay. If we have Marco Polo channels going already, they could tell us. That's true. I think when we do channels, we'll do a little bit of Marco Polo channeling um, while we're podcasting. Ooh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I love that. And then people can then reply to each other and to us with what they— With can. how lousy we do. I was going to say how amazing <laughs> they think we are. Um, but yeah. That is such a good idea. I know. Wow. 
I'm really attracted to you right now. <gasps> Are you? Yeah. You want to go make out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe during the break. And we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get through this. He so said, he said what? I'm going to go low. You're going to go high. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. He, he said, said what? <laughs> That's ridiculous. I knew I could. <laughs> Believe it. We can take that out. That was ridiculous. <laughs> All right. I love you, baby. I love you too. Okay. Okay. That was fantastic. Let's continue. Okay. <laughs> I found this very quickly and easily by typing in like missionary something. On the internets. Okay. This is from lesson 11 of a teaching manual, and the lesson is called The Field is White, Already to Harvest. White? Not ripe? Like the field is... White. What is it, cotton? Sure. (laughs) The purpose, it says, is to help class members resolve to strengthen the kingdom of God through diligent service, particularly by sharing the gospel through missionary work. Sounds riveting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So the manual says... The Lord warned the elders not to be idle and said that they should go forth rather than tarry. How might this warning apply to us? Why do some of us delay sharing the gospel? And then here comes the good part. Elder Henry B. Eyring of the Quorum of the Twelve related the following experience. It's easy to say the time isn't right, but there is danger in procrastination. Danger, huh? Danger. Years ago, I worked for a man in California. He hired me. He was kind to me. He seemed to regard me highly. Hmm. I may have been the only Latter-day Saint he ever knew well. I don't know all the reasons I found to wait for a better moment to talk with him about the gospel. I just remember my feeling of sorrow when I learned after he had retired and I lived far away that he and his wife had been killed in a late night drive (laughs) to their home in California. Whoa. Mm -hmm. He loved his wife. He loved his children. He had loved his parents. He loved his grandchildren and he will love their children and will want to be with them forever. Now, I don't know how the crowds will be handled in the world to come, but I suppose that I will meet him and that he will look into my eyes and that I will see in them the question, how you knew, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Can you believe that shit? (laughs) Holy guilt. If you don't share the gospel with your neighbor, you never know. They might get hit and killed on the freeway and then then we'll never know about the gospel. And then when you die and you'll see them and they'll be like, you had the truth. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, yeah. And it's your fault. Because, you know, when I go to my eternal place, it's all going to be about blame. I'm going to see who I can blame for anything that went wrong in this life. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a great way to spend eternity, Mm -hmm. blaming people. Mm -hmm. So imagine that in your head when you're a missionary. Yeah. Yeah. The guilt manipulation continues. I wish we could gather every piece of Mormon literature that has guilt and shame messaging. There baked is into not it. a library large enough. Library of right? Congress could not fit. Yeah, that shit. It's crazy. Wow. Everything you read, it mm. seems like, has this built-in subtext mm-hmm. of guilt and shame, just mm-hmm. all in there. I think that's religion. In well, general. yeah, yeah, for sure. But Mormons kick They're ass good at, the guilt. at it. Good They're at the guilt. Good right? at it. <laughs> well, all right, that was great. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Henry B. Irene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, great. So something very special happened concerning the people who listen to the podcast, and I want to share that okay. because this has to do with missionary work. All right. 
We received a letter mm, on the 29th of December from, and I'm changing names here, from a boy named Adam. And how old is Adam? Adam is 18 or 19. Okay. He says, I found your podcast at work. I'm not supposed to listen to earbuds, but I wear a beanie to hide them. Ha ha. Good trick. Mm -hmm. Good job, Adam. Anyway, I was raised a member of this cult, and for the most part, I always believed everything they ingrained into my premature, malleable childhood, and I was happy. I'd go to church every week with my parents because that's just what you do. That's what I thought everyone did. It wasn't until around like 15 that I started to fall away. I never believed any of it, but I couldn't bring myself to tell anyone because I live in Tooele Valley, a couple miles from Salt Lake City, and everyone here is Mormon. Mm, yeah. I just wanted to fit in, so I did whatever everyone else did. Eventually, I researched and found all the horrible things Joseph Smith did and all the horrible ways the church has treated anyone different from them. Yet I pretended to be the best Mormon boy ever to make my parents proud. I turned 18 seven months ago, and I'm supposed to go on a mission in the next week. Okay, so he's 18. Okay. I went along with it, telling myself that I'd tell everyone eventually that i just cancel it and things would work out. I never could. I was and still am so terrified to tell my parents that I don't believe the church is true. Oh, it's got to be tough. Yeah. One night we had an argument where I kind of admitted not being into it, and my parents told me that everyone goes through a phase where you doubt your faith. And that I just needed to pray about it and that God would make himself known to me and would comfort me or whatever. Mm -hmm. I tried so hard and nothing. Wow. Their solution was that I wasn't praying hard enough. Well, of course. Uh -huh. yeah. mm -hmm. you, you, it's There's your fault. There's got to be something wrong with you. Yeah. yeah. Any other concerns I voice are just shut down immediately and tossed aside as just teenage angst. Mm. That sucks. Like teenagers can't say, I think this is a bunch of bullshit because parents are like, what do you know? Yeah, You're just right. a teenager. You're just sure. being rebellious. Yeah, dismissed. Mm -hmm. When I finally decided that I would tell them that I don't want to go on my mission, I came home from work and my mom told me that my grandpa was just on the phone crying because of how proud he was that his first grandson was following the path to exaltation. Oh my God. So I couldn't. I finally devised this plan where I would go for one month to the MTC in Provo and then come back to this nice place where I was planning on living with a couple of other guys. I was going to leave all my clothes and essentials in the room I was going to have, and in a month, I would move in officially. Then my car broke down. I bought oh a new gosh. one. That also broke down. Ugh. At this point, I barely would have enough to pay even two months of rent, not to mention I'd have to walk the two miles every morning to get to work. Wow. But I was willing to do it, anything to be free. But I was just told that there is not a place for me at that house anymore. Then my boss told me that he can't give me a month off, and so I was fired. <laughs> my parents Jeez. said that if I were to come home early from my mission, that I would not be welcome in their home. Ouch. Honestly, though, I would rather be homeless than continue living, living here. Oh, God. All of this happened in one day. Oh, I don't wow. know what to do now. I'm supposed to leave to the MTC in a few days, and all anyone can say is how proud of me they are. And I'm in such a low place. All my friends are out on missions, and I have nowhere to go. But I would rather kill myself than waste two years preaching something that I adamantly despise. I have nothing, mm. and I don't know what to do, and I'm scared. I want to go to college, but in a month, I'll be homeless or working all day just to afford rent itself. I don't know how life works. I know I should have just come clean earlier, but I just couldn't. 
It's so hard for me to leave my family. I don't want to see the abhorrent disappointment, if not resentment, in their eyes if I didn't go. So here I am. I'm freaking out, and I just need a friend. I was raised in this church, and it's taken both family and friends away from me. I'm just so scared, and I don't know where else to turn. Your podcast helps, though. I really appreciate you guys, and it's nice to know there's other people who are not deluded assholes. Sincerely, Adam. Wow. Right? Oh, poor guy. That's a lot to take on at such a young age. He's Holy a shit. baby. Yeah. I mean, wow. I and can't, that's not mm. disrespectful to him, but he's a baby. He's he's like not even grown. Oh, yeah. Think about how you were at 18. I mean, nobody oh, knows God. what's going on. Nothing. No. Nothing. The world's a scary place. Yeah. And, and then to think that if you don't do everything exactly right, you're going to be kicked out of your home. Crazy. Like your parents are going to kick you out. Crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. The best part of this, though, was when... He wrote that letter. I responded. You responded. And I said, Hi, Adam. I'm so glad you reached out to us. Please know that you are loved and that there is a huge support group of ex-Mormons in your area. Your situation sucks ass, and I'm so sorry. Take a deep breath and know that there is help and that you can get to the other side of this and find so much happiness. I'm impressed with your courage to learn the truth and all the lies for yourself. That speaks volumes to what a strong person you are. You have so much to give, and I know you'll be able to help others like yourself as you continue your journey. Life after Mormonism is so freeing, although, of course, it comes with its share of shit. But freedom is priceless. You can do it. Would it be okay if I anonymously published your letter on social media so we can find help for you in your area? Please don't hesitate to text or call if you feel desperate. He replied saying, wow, that was fast. Of course you can publish my letter. I just don't know where to go from here, you know? I'm so dependent on this awful church and I just can't wait to get out. Yeah. So at that point, I published his letter. Yeah. In um, in our Facebook groups. Facebook groups, on my wall. Mm -hmm. I just kind of put that out there. The outpouring of support was amazing. I knew there were good people that would say, hey, we can help, but I was shocked. Yeah. Like brought to tears a few times from people who I've never met. Right. Saying, what can we do? What can we do? Let's start a GoFundMe. Yeah. I can get him a job. Um, I can give him a place to stay. Yeah, I have a a room for rent for free. Uh Um, My uncle can give him a job. I already contacted him. I have some savings. Let me know how I can get that to him. People just jumping on this chance to help this poor kid Uh Uh who was stuck. I was in awe. I know. It was amazing. And so what I really wanted was for this kid, Adam, to see the kind of love and help that's out there. Because so many people in his situation feel alone. For sure. No family, no friends. No one gets it. He's stuck. And so I tracked him down on Facebook. And then I said, I hope you have seen all the replies on Facebook to your letter. Adam, so many people want to help and support you. Would you like me to connect you with anyone to help you? My inbox is flooded. So not even just posts on the Facebook pages, my inbox, the Latter-day Lesbian inbox, the email inbox. Yeah. Just so So much support. Yes. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted him to know that. I wanted him to see that you're absolutely not alone. You're You're not not screwed. Mm -hmm. You're you're not stuck where you're at. You you have so much ahead of you. Right. He replied, I have seen all of them, and I'm so grateful to you for everything. I honestly didn't think that anything like this would happen. I need to decide what to do first and foremost, but all this love and support is truly touching. I didn't know there were so many people out there who have been in similar situations. Yeah. That's how these high-demand religions get you. They make you feel like you're the only one feeling this way. Hmm. There's something wrong with you. Right, 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 right. And so as people— ex-Mormons, ex-whatever, damaged, hurt people, when we 
are brave enough to talk about it, uh-huh. we start finding other people that have felt the same way. And then yeah. there's a community there yeah. and you can help each other and you exactly. can get out of it. I said, you're not alone. Remember that we are all in your corner ready to help you. Mormonism keeps you isolated. Trust me, there's a huge, wonderful and accepting world out there. He says, thank you so much. Then I asked what we can do to help. He says, I'm going to figure out my next move. But to be honest, I didn't even know how to react. I didn't expect anything like this. It's amazing. That's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. Then I just was kind of, you know, let us know when you need anything. I asked what he was intending on doing. He said, I think that I'll end up going to the MTC for a couple weeks just because I'm so close to it. Then I guess I'll just tell my parents that I tried and go from there. And I said, good luck in the MTC. Don't listen to their guilt. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I will. So then the day he was to go into the MTC, I just sent him a message saying, thinking about you today. He replied with a heart. I said, um, hang in there. I wish I could give you a peek into your future life after you get to be your authentic self. It's going to be amazing. He said, yeah, it's been the last couple days over and over again. Talking about guilt and shame. I have tons of episodes from your podcast and many others to keep me from going too crazy. I just hope it goes by quickly. I can't wait to be out. So he's going to listen to us <laughs> in the MTC, which I fucking That's awesome. love. Keep hiding those earbuds under the beanie, kid. Mm-hmm. We learned that he's planning on staying in the MTC until his grandma leaves because his grandma was staying at his house all around, you know, celebrating that he's going, that he doesn't want to deal with it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I messaged him and said, when you leave the MTC, if your family kicks out, kicks you out or whatever, just remember you're not alone. You're not stuck. You don't need to be hopeless. People in your area have contacted me with job offers, free housing, money, just to help you get your life going. Your future is so bright. He replied with, if nothing else, I think it'll be fun just to hear all their BS. Talking about being in the MTC. Oh, I see. I'm really <laughs> nervous. I won't lie, but I feel so much better knowing how many people out there in similar situations. See, you share and he feels like, oh, I can get through this. Yeah, he felt the support. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for getting back to me. As soon as I get back, I'm probably going to hit up some of these amazing people just because I don't know what else I can do. The support is amazing, and I can't wait to get to a place of stability where I can help others like you guys are helping me. That's amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's what happens when mm-hmm. you when you make people understand that they're not alone, and you help them, and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to help people. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. The church assumes that you're a bad person and not able to love as fully when you leave, but like you guys say, the opposite is true. No one in my community would be willing to help me because I'll be coming home early for my mission. And yet a long list of complete strangers have volunteered so much to this random kid they've never even met. Yeah. It's really touching and it helps me know that even though this is the hard path, it's the right one. Yeah. You know, I never learned to be a good person in church. Mm -hmm. That's not what I learned there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you absolutely can do great things outside of the church. The church didn't corner the market on good deeds or feeling spiritual. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to do with church at all, Mm -hmm. necessarily. No, not at all. So, um, cliffhanger. (laughs) Okay. Adam did go into the MTC. All right. We communicated a little bit here and there. They have phones. Of course, he wasn't allowed. Well, they monitor the shit out of that. Yeah, so he would message me and delete. So we did that a little bit back and forth just about what his plans are, what does he need when he gets out. He has left the MTC at this point. Mm -hmm. He is living with a friend. And he wants to be a guest on the show. That's fantastic. Because I asked him, I said, would you be willing to be a guest and tell us your experience being the MTC? Because he wrote me a lot of the bullshit that goes on in the MTC. Yeah, I remember. You read this I did, but I'm going to save that. That's okay. my cliffhanger. I'm going to save it and read it Can you it just you. give us one little juicy part? God, fine. Everyone here is homophobic. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my roommates and I started arguing because he said that people of different races should not get married. Oh, my God. least their seed be cursed, as he puts it. <laughs> oh, wow. Moron. It's all so much BS and brainwashing, and it blows my mind how devoted everyone is to this concept that makes zero logical sense. 
Oh, God. The next thing is companions. The reason they do the companion thing is so you can stay safe, mm-hmm. which does make sense to a degree, but they don't even let you go to the bathroom without him. Oh, my These God. These companions are just assigned to you, and you have to keep them with you at all times. Otherwise, you'll be called out in front of your district and have to talk to the branch president on why you aren't obeying God's rules. Wow. So constant monitoring. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's Insane. So that's yeah. what's happening at the in the mission. Yeah. Uh, what do they call it again? The mission, mission training center. Training the MTC. Center. I mean, that was just a small segment yeah, yeah, of things yeah. that he was telling me was going on in there. But I'm going to save them okay. so that when we have him on the show, he can uh, talk more more through them. Yeah, it kind of felt like we had a plant in the MTC. It's kind of fun. <laughs> but at the same <laughs> time, I was, like, I was like cheering for him to get out. He was telling me, okay, I'm going to leave this Saturday, blah, 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 and how he's going to do it. He's going to send him a message to the MTC president. And I just was cheering for him. Yeah. Just cheering for him. Like I said, right now, he's out. He's doing great. He's got a place to live. Uh, He said he just was able to find a car to use. Okay. And so he's making things happen. But for those of you who have messaged in and offered help to him, the second he says, hey, yeah, I could use a a hand, Mm -hmm. I will contact you. Okay. And thank you so much. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, you touched this kid's heart. Yeah. Whether he ever needs anything from you as far as money or a car or job, Mm -hmm. that's all like secondary. This kid's heart was changed. Mm -hmm. He realized... He's not alone. And the difference in the messages that I got from him through the MTC and now compared to before he went in, night and day. Now he has confidence. Mm -hmm. He feels like he's a human being with confidence Mm -hmm. instead of just this kid that's kicked around and forced to do something and has nowhere to go. So thank you. he feels loved and supported. Yeah. It's fantastic. Our LDLers are the best. Yeah, they kick a lot of ass. So much. All the ass. (laughs) You kick every single ass. We love (laughs) all of you. Yeah. Thank you so much. We should probably take a little break. When we come back, we have a special guest. Annie wants to talk to us and tell you all about her experiences on her mission as far as learning manipulation tactics Mm -hmm. and the PTSD that she was handed um, by the time she left. That sounds like a great time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. We are supported by apostate coffee, a damn good cup of joe. I would like to bear my testimony that you will love this blend with every fiber of your being. Uh, you mean bean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Les Bean medium dark variety roasted in small batches to ensure freshness, zero bitterness, and balanced acidity. With the sacred, not secret combo of caramel and cocoa, very fancy. Mm-hmm. This coffee will nourish and strengthen your body. So stop drinking subpar coffee. Give the Lesbian Blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. That's apostatecoffee.com. We're back. So before we introduce our guest, I think we need to hear from Fanny Fact Check. Yes. Sorry, Sister Fanny yeah, Fact Check. Yeah, an appropriate name. <laughs> By the way, speaking of sister, did you realize that from the time a girl in the church becomes like an adult or whatever, she goes by the name sister, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. When the boys go to serve missions, they become not brother, but they become elder. elder. But you're still a sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you become like a president of something in the church, like president, like a stake president or president of something, you become president, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. what about president of Relief Society? No, you still are sister? still sister. All you can be is sister something, no matter how high up the ranks, which they really, you really can't. Is this a surprise? No, I just, no. somebody had mentioned it on Facebook today, and I was like, yeah, you're fucking right. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, 
we were wondering where the slats are located on the body. Remember my mother, one of her favorite expressions is kick them in the slats? Yeah, we've had a few <laughs> smarty pants thinking they know the answer and telling me the answer, and they've been wrong, by the way. Yeah, so I don't know what this has to do with missions, except for Nothing. maybe you want to, like, kick your mission president in the slats. Yes. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to turn it over to, well, Ben, and then um, Fanny Fact Check and find out what they think. Fantastic. All right, here we go. And now we turn the time over to Sister Fanny Factcheck. Thank you, Brother Ben, for preventing us women from having any independent thoughts at all. Sister Shelley, you asked about the cheerful expression, good swift kick in the slats. You asked specifically where in the human body we might find an anatomical structure called the slats. The literal answer for this is your rib cage. Slats in a bed keep the mattress from falling on the floor. So slats in your body keep your lungs from falling on the floor. In the 1920s and 30s, when Americans were so helpful and kind and friendly toward each other, offering to give somebody the gift of a good swift kick in the slats was somewhat similar to offering to gift someone with a good punch in the throat nowadays. They are both good. Many times they are swift, and they are always for the benefit of the receiver. And I leave this with you in the name of Jesus on a jet ski. Amen. Well, thanks, sister. Now we know. Now we know. It's all cleared up. Mm -hmm. Now I'm making a list of people whose slats I'm going to (laughs) kick. Okay. Don't get on Shelly's list. (laughs) Don't be on my slats list. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good one. No. Shall we get to our guest? Yeah. So we have a special guest, Annie, who's going to share with us some of the things she learned on her mission. I know. Let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Annie. Hello, Annie. Thank you. So one of Annie's first letters that we received talked about the experience that she had on her mission. So this is what we're super pumped to hear about. And what I want to do first is just kind of read the letter a little bit, and then she's going to tell us a little bit more. So right. good, everybody? We could buy me. Let's cool. do it. All right. She says, I served my mission in St. Louis, Missouri, right smack dab in the Bible Belt. Oh, that had have been fun. Ooh, and those arches. The, or the, yes. I guess it's just the one arch. It's just, not like yeah. McDonald's. It's just no, the one I arch. I wish. The right. golden arches. That'd be a cold. giant McDonald's, I tell you. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. One nice thing about my mission was that we never had to explain the concept of God to anyone, but that also meant that they had their own ideas about God and religion, which we didn't like. Hmm. I was most Mostly in little towns surrounding St. Louis, there would be churches on every corner, and everyone went to church. So Annie sets the scene there, and then and I'm talking about you like you're not here, but we know you're <laughs> here. Annie. You're right there. I know. <laughs> okay. Then she says, "Now that I've set the scene for you, here are some tactics we were taught to use." This is what caught my eye: was the tactics she was taught to use to get baptisms. And just to interject, Annie, these are tactics that you learned at the MTC, right? The Missionary Training Center. Is that right? Yes, definitely in the MTC. That was mostly focused on, hey, this is how you teach. These are the Mm -hmm. things that you need to talk about and the main points you need to hit. I would say they're sales tactics that you're using when you're teaching. And then sales tactics. (laughs) Yeah. And then once you got out, then you kind of learned from other missionaries and just kind of by trial and error 
yeah. your door approaches, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So this is um, Andy's experience. Other people may have had different experiences in the MTC or on their missions, but this is what was experienced by Annie. Yep. So here are some of the tactics. She says, notice the things in the yard before you get up to the door, like toys, flowers, sport decals, and be able to talk about that and then transition to a church topic. <laughs> nice place you got here. <laughs> I noticed you have a Hooters bumper sticker. Hooters are boobs, and boobs go on women, and women are second-class citizens in our church. Would you like oh, to be yeah. baptized? I'm sure that's how it went down. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I nailed it. such a good missionary. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy the garden you have in the truck tire out front. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. If you want, I can give you an example. So, like, the Washington Nationals, that's, like, your big team out there, right? Yeah. Go mm-hmm. Nats. If I, like, walked up to your door and I saw that you guys had, like, Washington National decals on your cars, if you had stuff in your windows, if you had, like, a flag, then I'd be like, oh, my God, I love, except I wouldn't say, oh, my God. Right. I love <laughs> baseball. They are amazing. Like, how's your team doing? And then you transition. And so you're oh making yourself relatable <laughs> to the people and likable because they're like, oh, yeah. like they're a normal person. And mm-hmm. then maybe they're not a sister wife and then they let you inside. Oh, God. Okay, let me read some more of this. We even learned a little about other Christian religions so we could spin Mormonism their way as well. We were told to find families and harp on the idea of eternal families. So, you know, when people ask me, they ask all the time, why would anyone get baptized into Mormonism that's so fucked up and crazy and wacky mm-hmm. and sexist and racist? And I'm like, missionaries don't knock on doors and say, hey, did you know that black people weren't allowed to be saved <laughs> until 1978? I mean, they don't they do don't that. Yeah. With that. They don't, but they lead with, oh, you have families. Wouldn't you love to be with your family forever and ever yep. and ever? We have the authority Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what called if manipulation. the answer is like, eh, probably not. Actually, <laughs> do I want to do them? Uh, let's see. We rarely gave out any Book of Mormons. It freaked people out too much. We mostly gave out pamphlets. We were taught and pushed to ask people to get baptized in the first lesson. Yep. So we'd say something like, "If you receive a confirmation from God that this church is true, and you will." Will you be baptized by the proper authority of God? Yep, not even kidding. We were taught to overcome concerns, eliminate distractions, talk about hard topics, and help them feel the Spirit so they would want to be baptized. Help or at least them feel us around. the Spirit. What does that even look like? Yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling it now? Wait, yeah. What about, about now? I feel a little hungry. <laughs> I feel a little tired. <laughs> yeah. Let me read a little bit more. Uh, sprinkled in with all this mission training to manipulate people's feelings was manipulation of missionaries' feelings. We were never good enough, never spiritual enough. We didn't listen enough. We should be working harder, always striving to improve. If you had three baptisms, one transfer, you were going to get four the next transfer, bigger and better, more and more till you were so drained and so tired. I literally did the math one day and it was insane. Uh, anyway, then Annie goes through and she explains like how much money is spent for these poor missionaries spent out of their pockets to basically be less than minimum wage labor for the church mm. to get more people into the church paying tithing, which is horrible and bullshit. All right, Annie, we're turning it over to you. Cover what you want to cover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll answer the getting people to feel the spirit. So we were taught the best investigators were referrals from people who are already members. So somebody in the church says, hey, I have a friend. Do you want to come meet with them this time this week? Cool. Sure. So we go over, say there's like the TV on, the kids are running around. The lady who we're going to meet with is like super stressed. So we would know how to get rid of all of that. 
And then we would like sit her down and have this really intense conversation. And of course, about like the gospel. And immediately, like the first thing out of our mouths would be that like God is our loving Heavenly Father, which it's the Bible Belt. So everybody's like, oh yeah. And again, it's that relatable, oh, these guys aren't as weird as I think they are. Yeah. And so then when you have these young kids who are super passionate about this thing that they think has really helped them in their life, I think that makes an impression on people. Mm -hmm. And then you start to promise them shit, like that baptism question, which literally I asked hundreds of times, like almost verbatim. People like to know that the path that they're on is going to bring them happiness and peace for sure, 100%, because that's what we were promising. And then we're promising them a path of like a surefire way to get back to God and be with their families. Who wouldn't want that? And that's how we packaged it. The way that they do everything in missionary life is done for a reason, I mean, albeit a stupid reason sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like the way that the lessons are ordered, like what you teach about and when, yeah, it's crazy. They know what they're doing and it's well thought out. Wow. Yeah. Were you trained how to recognize if someone is quote unquote feeling the spirit? Yeah. And we would say that too. Be like, I noticed that like you're getting kind of emotional. Like, do you feel good right now? And they'd be like, yeah. Like, okay, well, that's the Spirit of God. So we would interpret their feelings for them. Wow. That, and an so, outsider's point of view, that's, that's so, so nice fucked of up. You. It'd be like if I was walking down the street and someone walked by and said, hey, I, I feel like what you're feeling right now is blah, 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 and that's from God. Like, who the fuck does that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What random, uh, Mormon missionary teenager. <laughs> I know, Mormons, yeah. Thanks, Mormons. Mm-hmm. They feel like they have the right or the ability to interpret someone's feelings from God. It's crazy mm-hmm. to me that people will agree to be baptized, like grown-ass people having these kids, these 19, 20-year-old kids in their house, mm-hmm. and because they have a nice haircut and they speak with confidence, that they can tell them what God's trying to tell them. It just, I don't know. So you're endowed, first of all. Right. And then... Um, endowed. Then they, yes. Mm-hmm. And you then are they, so well endowed, Annie. <laughs> Is this like endowments with like temple shit? Yeah, yeah temple with double D. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us right back to the who Decal mm-hmm. on the cards. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, but, um, so you're endowed and then and you're set yeah, apart. So this is pretty typical. So like the day before you go to the MTC, you and your family, you go to the church and the stake president is there and he gives you a special blessing that says like you are called to be a missionary and that means that you have all the rights and powers associated with that. Bunch of fake ass power in your head now, huh? Literally, yeah. yeah. And so that also gives you confidence. And then, I mean, you're dedicating your life, literally. Like, I would study for, like, three hours a day. So you know this shit. You sound like you know what you're talking about. And Mm -hmm. then people feel good when they're around you because I think, for the most part, most missionaries are sincere because they really do think that what they're doing is a good thing. They think that God wants them to do it, so that would probably give them confidence. And people typically like to be around confident people. You know, when they're building them up and saying, you know— like, you're an amazing person, you're a child of God, and, like, you can have this amazing life and be in this great community. It's crazy, but it's not too crazy. Like, when you break it down like that, yeah. it makes sense. Just to put my own spin on this crazy bullshit, one time I had a job selling vinyl siding. I did. It was a telephone oh job. I've I never did. been less turned on than I am right <laughs> I now. I was horrible. I was a senior <laughs> in high school, and... 
did these phone, like cold calls to try yeah. to get people to buy vinyl siding. Mm-hmm. My job was to get them interested and then I would turn them over to a sales rep, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was complete bullshit and didn't think that anybody really needed vital signing. So I was not very (laughs) successful. So that was my question. It's like, how much did you believe it? Oh my God. Were you full on in like hook, line, sinker? Or did you think, oh, Oh. I'm just doing the spiel because I have to? Hook, line, and sinker. I was incredibly convincing, made many a person cry because they were just emotional and they were touched by God. But I was all for it. I was the first of my parents' kids to go on a mission. Do you have any regrets now looking back? Because clearly you're not in the church anymore. Do you look back and wish you wouldn't have? Or are you just like, fuck it, that's part of my life experience? (laughs) Uh, You know, um, we'll get a little personal. I have PTSD from my mission. Um, I'm sorry. Thanks. You know, I wasn't physically abused in any way. I wasn't raped or anything horrible like that that I've heard a lot of other sister missionaries talk about, Mm -hmm. but it definitely was a fucking hellhole. And um, just like the mental strain they put on us was Mm -hmm. absolutely insane. And and so I'm a huge proponent of therapy and I go religiously. um, So I'm still dealing with that. Oh, I bet. What was it like for you when you finally had that recognition that, oh God, this is just a big fake shitty cult? And then realizing I preached this. Um, When I came home, I was having all the classic signs of PTSD, but it was just so far off my radar. I was like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. is this? Like, Mm -hmm. why am I having nightmares? Why am I having panic attacks? Why is it really difficult for me to stay in church? Um, I had done a year at BYU before I left on my mission (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then went back Mm -hmm. um, and just could not handle it. Um, just, you guys aren't even worshiping God anymore. This isn't about God. Mm -hmm. And then I got diagnosed with PTSD Mm -hmm. and depression and anxiety and stopped going to church. Mm. And so when I was at BYU and I was like, fuck, like, I don't feel good at church. I don't feel good about this shit. I don't want to be here anymore. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, I left the church, stopped going. And mm-hmm. then a few months after that, I figured out I was gay. Praise yeah. be. <laughs> Thank God. If you could pinpoint one or two things about your mission that you think would have brought on that PTSD, is there anything specific? It was really that we were never good enough. Yeah. Like there was never any acknowledgement or validation from the yeah. mission leaders themselves. Mm-hmm. So they would never say, you know what, you guys are doing such a great job. And we know that you're working so hard. Not even from my mission president or my mission president's wife. Never, ever, ever, ever. And it was always, always like, you need to be doing better. And why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? And that would trickle down to like my leaders that were closest to us. And then people would get so freaked out by not following the rules. There were legit sisters that I knew of in my mission that would have panic attacks if they were home five minutes late. Wow. wow. That's wow. no way to live. That's yeah. no way to live. Especially for someone who is volunteering to go do this yeah, and for paying sure. their own way. It's I not know. like exactly. they're paying you a, a salary to do this shit. And so you need uh-huh. to like obey the laws of the job. It's like you're giving 18 months to two years of your life. You're yeah. paying for it. And you're coming home with fucking PTSD. Yeah. Like that's horrible. And as you were talking about the levels of leadership, you know, every level has to report their numbers to the level above them, going yep. clear up to the mission president. He's got yep. to report to who has So everyone's freaking out, panicking, because they want to report to the person above them mm-hmm. that they're doing a great job, mm-hmm. you know? And no one's looking down being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. They're just like, ah, fuck, I needed 20, not 
10. Now I've got to go yeah. report. And it's one less. Wow. All the way up yeah. to the grown-ass old adults mm, who yeah. are Gosh. the mission presidents. They're freaking out because they have to report numbers to the people above them. And it's yep. all this climbing the ladders because, damn it, if you're going to be in the quorum of the 12 apostles or a 70, you need to be a mission president first, typically. And you better have had a damn good uh, track record, damn good track record as being yeah. a mission president. So fucking hideous. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, you hit it right on the fucking nose. Like Elder Ballard or some shit. Yeah. He like basically handed my mission president's ass to him on a plate and was like, why isn't your mission doing better? Wow. Oh my Why aren't God. you having more baptisms? Yep. And what I find hilarious is that after I left, they had a dry spell for about a year that no one in our mission was baptized. Huh. Nobody. And we're talking about my mission was half of Illinois and half of Missouri. That's where Jesus is coming I back. I know. I wonder why the numbers were so low. Because people are like, yeah, I don't think so. I think it was because my mission president was so fucking ridiculous with the rules mm-hmm. that that's what people were focused on instead of mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were more about numbers. Two of my brothers served missions, but I remember one of my brothers, when he came home, um, he had talked about how he got in trouble because he wouldn't go into the refugee camps in Germany. Mm-hmm. There were African refugee camps. He wouldn't go in there and baptize because what they're agreeing to, they oh barely God. speak English. And so my brother was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So he was always in trouble with his mission companion and the zone leader and blah, 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 because the other companionships would get 20, 30 baptisms a month from yeah. these refugees. And my brother's like, I'm not taking part of that crap. So he was yeah. always in trouble. Good um, for him. Yeah. Too bad he's still a Mormon. <laughs> uh, but you also made me think of, so my dad was a mission president in Germany. Oh, yeah, that's right. And my oldest brother was going to be getting married, and he was getting married to a woman. They weren't active. They weren't Mormon anymore. But this girl who my brother was marrying was really upset that my dad wasn't going to come to the wedding, you know, because the mission presidents are not allowed to leave, right? No. no. And my yeah. dad really wanted to make this woman feel accepted, and so she was angry. Oh, like your yeah. effing dad can't even leave Germany for a weekend to come see his oldest son get married. I mean, there was a lot of problems there. Yeah. And so my dad called President Monson, who was the previous prophet to Nelson today, but he was in charge of missions and stuff back then, and explained the situation, you know, and saying, can I just go for a weekend to be there to support my son who's fallen away from the church and maybe this will be a good thing. And President Monson said, absolutely, you can absolutely go and be there for yeah. your son's wedding. We'll just replace you with the next mission president in line. What? <laughs> exactly. And my dad told me this story back when I was a TBM, and he told it as in showing how important the missionary work is. It's so important. What the I'm fuck? like, oh my God, these narcissistic wow. men. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I, I just and remember that's a really passive-aggressive way to deliver that information. I, to I know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, feel free to go. Uh, we'll just replace you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. Feel free to go. I know. Yeah, but you feel free to make your own decision. We'll just punish the shit out <laughs> of you. That's just the wrong decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're free to leave, but we'll fire you. Mm, yeah. exactly. 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 Oh, God. Uh, I know, I know. This has been some good stuff from, like, the inside of mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how you manipulate. It's no wonder why PTSD is so common amongst return missionaries, because yeah. everything that you've described would be shitty enough if it, if it was, like, a corporate job. Yeah. But this is, you're in your mind, you're working for God. He's judging what you're doing. You're God trying is to, an yeah, asshole God's boss. an asshole. Yeah. God, <laughs> oh. God is an asshole boss. Oh. Right? He's a fucking taskmaster. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, so layer that in there, and yeah. it's like 50 times worse. So, mm-hmm. And then you have to think about the age range of the missionaries themselves. Yeah. That is the age range that cult leaders and groups 
aim for. Wow. 18, 19, 20, 21. Because they know that if they get that age range, mm -hmm. then they're more likely to stay in the church for the rest of their life. <sighs> well, this has been fascinating and eye-opening. Yeah. I bet we could do an entire series of just people telling their fucked up mission stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone has ever come home from a mission and hasn't had like some sort of PTSD. They just are not going to talk about it because the church yeah. is true, you know? Yeah. So we're just oh. going to push that aside and we're mm -hmm. not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to keep on living the good Mormon life and be obedient. And mm -hmm. it's just sad. I am so glad that my ex and I got ourselves and our kids out of the church before they were near mission age. Yeah. Absolutely. Miserable. Yes. Well, we're yes. glad that you survived it, Annie. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and good for you for being in therapy and good for you for wanting to be a therapist. Like that's what a great way to yeah. take what you've been handed and be able to help Use people it for by good. turning it around. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's fucking awesome. Good, yeah. good on you, Annie. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, thanks so much for being part of our podcast. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Shelly, should we just take one final break and then get to patrons? Yes. Stay okay. tuned to hear all the fun Patreon names and fun Patreon announcements. <laughs> that was a lot of information. I like giving information. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> We are supported by new dating app. Hey, listeners, raise your hand if you think dating after Mormonism is difficult. Probably 95% of our listeners are raising their hands right now. <laughs> you know, it's hard meeting someone and having to explain your whole wacky Mormon upbringing. Oh, we went through this. And since your faith transition, you've probably been kicked out of the singles ward. So now what? Oh, that is challenging. Mm -hmm. Check out New. It's an ex-Mormon dating app available for download on both Android and iPhone. Are you ready to find post-Mormon love with someone who understands your story? I know I am. <laughs> oh, hey. wait, wait, too late. <laughs> <laughs> Visit newdating.app and learn more. That's newdating.app. We're back with some information. Hello. First, I have to make an extreme Patreon correction. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. A couple weeks ago, I was reading patron names, and there was a Heather N. and a Michelle N. Uh-huh. And we accused them of being lesbian lovers or sisters or sister wives, <laughs> which I still think, that, I mean, that's like the logical conclusion, right? <laughs> if they both have an N initial, it's going to be the same Well, name. they actually have the same last name. Well, that's what I thought. Oh. Until I went back through my notes and realized that I had read it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're sorry. Michelle N. is actually Michelle G. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know how that happened. Is she the original G? She's the OG <laughs> and likely not married to Heather N. So, anyway, <laughs> Heather N., sorry that we put you with someone who you aren't with. And Michelle G., we're sorry that, A, we gave you the wrong—I gave you the wrong initial and that we just assumed you were lesbian lovers with Heather. Maybe there's some sort of weird uh, metaphysical matchmaking you're doing. Because remember that time we were—was um, it the Atlanta Pride Festival? And people— yeah. These two random people came to the booth, and uh -huh. then they ended up going on a date. And they were together. Yeah, they sent us an email. <laughs> <laughs> so you just never know. You never know. So um, <laughs> Heather and Michelle, if you're looking for love tonight. Then download the new dating app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the dating app. Like what I did there? I did. That's that a good a segue. Good, that's a good segue. Awesome. Okay, should we get to the uh, patron names and try not to fuck it up, Shelly? Okay, well, I wrote it down really well. <laughs> and only one person gave us a last name on this one. So, um, okay, number one. Okay. Out of exactly five. Mm -hmm. Susan L. So that's the one last initial? Yeah. 
That's the only one. That no, her whole name is right there, but I'm not going to read it. Well, no, I understand, but okay. L stands for <laughs> lesbian. I was going to say that. From now on, if you ever write in with an L last name, you're, you are a lesbian, even if you're a man. Perfect. <laughs> Number two, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. We need to give her a last name. Uh, uh. You go for it. Rebecca <laughs> Fritos. I'm going to name her things Fritos. that I see on the wall. Fritos. <laughs> Rebecca Fritos. Okay. Oh, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Next one, Jamie. Unicorn magic ring toss. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> We're down in the uh, den where the kids come and there's a lot of games and things. Yeah, there's like a shelf with kids' games and books and not random that shit. They're only, we lock them in the den. That is not true. We might. Eddie, what are you growling at, he doesn't, dude? He doesn't like the last name of Unicorn Magic <laughs> Ring Toss. He doesn't love that. Sorry, that's Jamie's last name. Oh, can so I do the next off. last name? You can't even see the wall behind you. I can see some stuff. Okay, Lauren. Or wait, wait, it Lauren. Lauren. It's L-A-U. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Lauren. Lauren. We don't know. We don't know. But she needs a last name. Sleepy Shorts. <gasps> Lauren Sleepy Shorts. I'm looking at a Sleepy Shorts pillow right now. You know, we haven't talked about Sleepy Shorts in a while. <laughs> no, we haven't. If you all have not downloaded that podcast of ours, and let's do it at night, what the hell's wrong with you? Or you could just stream it on your favorite podcast You can do that app. too. We're actually currently working on more episodes, so we will be putting a little more effort to that one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Lauren Sleepy Shorts, <laughs> thank you for your support. Last is Kelsey... Wait for Kelsey it. Kelsey Bob Ross Art of Chill Game. It's <laughs> a long ass last name. Kelsey, your last name kicks ass. Kelsey Bob Ross, Art of Chill Game. Thank you for Art your. Art of Chill? Art. That's the name of the game I'm looking at. That's funny. We should play that game sometime. That sounds actually kind of fun. Okay. Naked? <laughs> oh. Should we play Strip Bob Ross, Art of Chill Game? As long as we don't have to see Bob Ross naked. Mm-hmm. There are no like cards or anything with him naked. I would him. hope not. Okay, good. All right. mm-hmm. That's all I got. <laughs> well, thank you, patrons. Yeah, thank you. Really, we do appreciate your support. I know we say this every time. You're probably getting tired of it. But we want you to understand how much we need and appreciate the support you give us. It makes all the difference in what we're able to do here as far as podcasters. So Absolutely. Appreciate that. If you would like to support us, we would love that so much. Please visit patreon.com slash lesbian to sign up. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. That's going to do it. Did it. Another one in the bag. Yep. Uh, Once again, I want to thank Leave It In Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks, Leave It In Dan. Thank you, Dan. For the rest of you, remember, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.